Welcome to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. This is a podcast about seeking first the kingdom of God where we work, live, and play. The content of each podcast will correspond to the current sermon series at Ontario Christian Church, current events that rise up, and also to the church calendar. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to episode 12 of the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. We hope you all are doing well today as you give this a listen. On today's episode, we're going to talk about encouraging one another. This is a constant theme throughout uh, the entirety of the scriptures, but also specifically within the context of 1 Thessalonians, uh, the series we've been going through at Ontario Christian Church. Coming out of the sermon just this last week, at the end of the passage we covered, uh, Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 18, Therefore, encourage one another with these words. In that context, he's specifically talking about uh, the coming return of Jesus and what that's going to mean for uh, believers. So he says, encourage one another with these words, that Christ will return. He won't forget those who have fallen asleep before he returned. In fact, he'll raise them from the dead. And then those of us who uh, may still be alive, when Jesus comes back, we will then meet them in the clouds. And so Paul is saying, encourage one another with these words of this coming reality. And then in First Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, at the end of Paul's next little segment, he says, therefore, encourage one another up, one another and build one another up just as you are doing. So Steve, encouragement uh, seems to be a lot of what Paul is driving towards uh, in First Thessalonians, kind of after he gets through what he's communicating. Uh, you want to give a few opening thoughts on that? Yeah, actually, in chapter 5, just as you mentioned with uh, 4, he's talking about the second coming of Christ. And then in chapter 5, um, he's really reminding the believers that um, they're to encourage one another and to be sober-minded, put on the best breastplate of faith and love, the helmet of hope of salvation, uh, so to also be fully present and encouraging each other through the hardships that they're enduring as followers of Jesus in Thessalonica. And we've been talking throughout the series about the fact that these Christians took a big leap of faith, literally, uh, when they chose to be followers of Jesus because their culture and community uh, was not real thrilled with King Jesus at the time. And so I'm sure it would be easy to become discouraged um, as you have made the decision to follow Jesus. You've found salvation. You're hopeful that other people in your community would come to be followers of Jesus as well. And in some ways, what probably happened was a lot of people in the community, we know this even with Jews in the area and the government as well, were not pleased with the fact that they chose King Jesus. They didn't want to have this King Jesus interfering with their hopes and dreams, and we talked a lot about that. Uh, but I could see how they become discouraged, like kind of worn down and tired and um, just kind of like wondering, is this really worth it? And um, and so Paul is reminding them as followers of Christ to uh, encourage each other. Like We need each other in those moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to speak life and hope into in one another as we're uh, kind of encountering the hardships of life. And so uh, Paul is definitely kind of setting a tone here that he also sets with some other churches as well to not give, a hope, give up hope, continue to press on. Um, and Paul kind of plays the role of encourager and challenger and faith builder, uh, but he knows that there's going to come a time ironically, well, not it's going to happen, he's going to pass away, and he's fully aware of this as well. Um, and he wants them to be fully equipped in order to encourage one another and to pass that down uh, to other generations. And so he's trying to just instill with them a pattern of life that says, um, I, I need you, you need me. And so let's uh, continue to lift one another up with the truth of the gospel and its implications. And so that's kind of a pattern of Paul's, I think, throughout that. 
Uh, anything you wanted to jump in and, and add there? Yeah, just on the uh, the note of First Thessalonians 5.11, he says, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up. Mm-hmm. I just love that, um, putting it in that language, uh, building one another up. And there's other references in Corinthians to the body working together builds itself up in love. And I believe encouragement is part of that. And obviously Paul lists it there as well. Um, but just the idea of I can build you up with my words and I can also tear you down with my words. Mm -hmm. Um, Words are powerful. James talks about this uh, throughout uh, that epistle as well. We've actually touched on that, I believe, a little bit earlier in our first few episodes. However, um, the idea of building one another up, uh, using our words to um, build up, um, just makes me think of, it's like a house. A house is made up of a lot of small pieces that form this structure that supports someone to be able to live in it. Um, and, and our lives are kind of like that as well. When we encourage one another, it's one small piece to uh, keep us going, or in this context, keep them following Christ when culture and maybe their family uh, disagrees with it, um, as you were explaining. So just to shed some light on that, I, I really appreciate Paul's language there. Yeah, we're going to hit this uh, next, well, Sunday. I got to think of where we're at in timeline calendar here, but Sunday we're going to be hitting that. Uh, specifically, especially when it comes to maturation or maturing in Jesus. Um, and I think we may have talked about this in the past as well, but uh, even with a child, uh, it everything that they learn is built upon another thing. Mm-hmm. Like they learn, you know, think of a kid uh, learning to ride a bike. We bought uh, getting our little grandson one of those little, not scooter thing, but it has two wheels in the back and one in the front. Tricycle. They're not really a tricycle. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Something like a tricycle. The the two wheels are really close to each other. I can't think of the word right now. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter. The whole point being it's a balance bike is what mm-hmm. it's called. Balance so teach bike. him how to balance. So he's kind of scooting along on a balance bike. Hopefully he'll get up to the point where he's riding a, a tricycle, like you mentioned. <laughs> uh, he's able to pedal and move himself, which he's I'm sure he's there. Uh, and then he'll go to a toddler bike, you know, with mm-hmm. the what are those things called? Training wheels. Training wheels. Yes. It's uh, training wheels. And so after he gets past training wheels, there'll come a day uh, which every parent is scared to death about when Mm. you take the training wheels off and you run with them and let go or whatever. And then you hope you remember that they learn how to use the brakes wisely and things along those lines. Mm -hmm. And so each of those skills is built upon one another. And when he said, I agree, especially when it comes to a house, but um, each one of these things that he's encouraging them, he's really uh, careful with each step of encouragement, like this is where you are. This is where you need to be. This is mm-hmm. how you get there and uh, encouraging him not to give up. Don't mm-hmm. give up. And so, yeah, definitely it's piece by piece and mature uh, maturity maturation in Christ is step by step uh, being confident in who Christ is um, and who he's called us to be. And then making that next step towards uh, maturing in Jesus. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, the building, that building pictures a, a powerful image for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Paul, it takes, it takes, uh, Knowing where they're at um, as you build piece by piece. Right. You, you don't want to uh, bring a piece that's not ready to be laid upon the next exactly. piece. you got to know exactly where they are, and Paul does that here, mm-hmm. obviously, as he's writing to them. Yeah, and uh, is it okay if we jump to Romans 15 that's right great. now? And then we can. I know you have a couple other texts that you wanted to get into as well. Um, you're going to have to bear with me, folks. I'm getting back from vacation and trying to get back on full steam ahead here but we're, we'll get there he's doing great yeah romans 15 uh, 1 through 7 uh, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up mm. 
For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another and accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. What jumps out to you there? A lot. Yeah, no doubt. Man, yeah, there's a lot in that passage. Um, I mean, even the first one, we, have a, we are strong. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak. Mm. I mean, man, like, it's an obligation. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak, to walk with those who are weak. Um, and then obviously it gets into Christ did not please himself. And at the end of verse 1, he says, and not to please ourselves. Mm-hmm. Let each of us please our neighbor for his good. And you emphasized it, but at the end of verse 2 there, to build him up mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the God of endurance and encouragement. Yeah. Like if we think about the words that are attached to God in the scriptures, like he is the God of this or the God of that, or uh, when Jesus talks about what he's like, um, do you believe that God is the God of encouragement? Like that is part of who he is uh, to grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus. And I don't want to take it away from anything you were going to say with that, but and then just welcoming one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Like, there's just so much there. There really is. And I, I just circled the word obligation as you were saying mm-hmm. it because it jumped out to me as well. Kind of like this isn't an option. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not an option. Like if if you're growing in the Lord, you are uh, uh, obligated to help those uh, that are struggling and are mm-hmm. weak to grow as well. Um, and, and to do so in a spirit of encouragement because God is a God of encouragement. Um, and so it's real also interesting to me that in order to do some of these things or any, any of it, really, you have to have the fruit of the spirit of God. You can't mm-hmm. do this in your own flesh, um, ultimately to build somebody else up and to meet them where they're at with their brokenness and weakness, um, in the flesh, we tend to judge or just kind of like demean or whatever. Like, why aren't you where I think you should be right mm-hmm. now? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the spirit of the Lord, then, like you mentioned earlier, is what actually uh, gives us the ability to see somebody where they're at and to see where they can be. Mm-hmm. And then to be, you know, full of the whole fruit and love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. I think mm-hmm. that's, that, that's what has to bear out. As a matter of fact, above this. Uh, he reminds us of the fact that that's really what does empower us. In uh, chapter 14, I won't read much of it, verse 16, uh, 17 rather, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of uh, eating or drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men, so then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. And so he's just reminding us of the fact that it's the Spirit of the Lord that does the mutual upbuilding. We can't do it on our own. And what actually binds us together is the Spirit of God. Uh, we've said this often on a Sunday morning. Most of us wouldn't hang out together, you know, in worldly sense. Uh, but because mm-hmm. of Jesus, uh, that's what we have in common. And so mm-hmm. we look to build one another up, encourage each other in Christ, not in our, what we hope, uh, but in Jesus. So that word obligations rather uh, convicting because hmm. uh, it reminds us the fact that we have that role that to, mm-hmm. is it's a blessing to be able mm-hmm. to do it as well and i'd also say there's uh, we should always have somebody pouring into us like mm-hmm. that that we look up to in our faith and growing uh, which you mentioned a few podcasts back about making sure that we have that um 
So yeah, that's kind of, I guess, what jumps out to me, and that God is the God of encouragement. That is his nature. That mm-hmm. is what he is. He's a God of endurance and encouragement, and that we can live with harmony with one another um, with Jesus Christ um, as a central point. So that I guess that's about all I'd have to unpack there. Is there anything else you wanted to mention in that scripture? Yeah, I mean, just to touch a little bit more on the obligation piece and, and to go along with First Thessalonians 4 and 5, like we're told to encourage one another, you know, it's a commandment. And so mm-hmm. to encourage my brother or sister who's walking through a hard time, who in the language of Romans 15, uh, weak and failing, um, whatever it may be, is actually to walk in obedience and to know of someone who needs encouragement or could use it and not to encourage them is actually a failure to walk in obedience. And there's wisdom and discernment around what to say and what not to say, but mm-hmm. for what it's worth, like we we are called to encourage one another. Um, and I, man, even when you went back up to Romans 14, verse 19, so then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Mm-hmm. There's that building up another, yep. building up one another again. And I just, man, that is a theme woven throughout Paul's writings and elsewhere in scripture as well, but like we, we are building one another up and you mentioned maturity in love, one another growing up in Christ. Like this happens as we walk with one another. So, yeah. Yeah. You had some other scriptures as well. Yeah. Uh, Proverbs eleven twenty five um, stuck out to me. And so we, you know, again, we're, we're called to encourage one another. We have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak, um, all the things we've mentioned. Uh, but Proverbs eleven twenty five says, Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and the one who waters will himself be watered. And so when just a quick comment on motivation, like we don't, we don't encourage one another so that we might be watered or we don't encourage one another for the sake of our own benefit but yeah yeah, Mm -hmm. right like we encourage one another out of love and to build one another up but it does say whoever brings blessing will be enriched and whoever waters will himself be watered like there's something about the nature of of me encouraging somebody else and a lot of times it's um getting my eyes off of my own mess of stuff Mm -hmm. and and being able to speak into somebody else like literally caring for another person can bring about the encouragement that I need. Like it, 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 there's this, uh, there's a blessing that comes to me in the midst of it. And he, and the one who waters will himself be watered. So that stuck out to me. Any comments on that you have? It's just a good word picture. Uh, two things that come to mind is one is like sharing water, like especially Mm. in that culture, you had to go to a well, a communal well, Mm. generally speaking. And so uh, to share water or to see somebody need, and to actually give them that water that they need to quench their thirst um, is a beautiful picture of there's going to be a time when you need it as well. And that mm-hmm. if you've done that, um, you know, may the Lord bless you in allowing somebody else to serve you some some way. But also I think the deeper thing is like just knowing that um, in such a simple, small task, showing the love of Christ to somebody in that mm-hmm. sense. Um, and how much of a rich blessing it can be. And then what that stirs up in your own heart when you realize uh, just the connection that's made in that moment of how something so simple can mean so much to somebody else really gives, it lifts your spirits in the sense of saying, uh, we're, we have, we need, we, we need each other. There's mm-hmm. going to be a time when this needs to come around. And this is going to be a kind of a strange word picture, but we have the garden this year and, um, spending some time here and there, although it's been really wet the last couple of weeks, but, mm-hmm. uh, did water last night cause you 
planted our corn and thinking about um, even the time and effort it took to do that, but eventually it's going to reap its benefit and its reward as well. And I know that's not quite what you're talking about in Proverbs, but when it comes to watering, there's mm-hmm. gonna, there will be a time when uh, we're going to need that food for sustenance and it will come back around as right. a blessing. Um, so there's just multiple word pictures, I guess, that come to mind uh, with that passage. Yeah. And I think, I think it comes to us in two ways. I think one, like God himself works something in our hearts in the mm-hmm. midst of it. Mm-hmm. But also, like you said, it like the, the delayed, the delay in it, like the delay I'm watering my corn and, uh, you know, and whenever it gets to the point where it's ready for harvest, like I'm going to then enjoy that corn. Uh, there's been times where, you know, I've like, you walk with somebody and I've encouraged them. And then eventually like th- they're walking through a hard season. I'm walking with them, encouraging them. And then it kind of shifts and I'm walking through a hard season and then they're coming back and encouraging mm-hmm. me. And so I think there's two ways that uh, he who waters himself will be watered. I think God waters us in that word picture. And also we then receive it back from other people. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, contending with that word picture, I guess as well, like mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever been hangry before. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, you think about even with this sense, like uh, of being really thirsty and parched, and just feeling exhausted, tired, and worn down, and desperate for uh, for I mean, most of our bodies made of water, right? And so mm-hmm. that's why it's a, a powerful picture and image. But uh, and then receiving that and how how it makes you just lift, like like I feel so much better if I'm hangry, if I've eaten something, but it, like if you're really thirsty after a long day of working or something, and you take that first drink, it's like so refreshing. And I think we forget about how a simple task of encouraging somebody can be so refreshing for them. Mm. And then the reward, I'm not, again, that's probably not the best word, but uh, what's brought back to us then is uh, someone who's back to life. And so mm-hmm. that relationship's stronger too because we're both walking in lockstep with each other. And I think that's the benefit as well is that um, to see a brother or sister down and encourage them and they're lifted up, then there's this natural thing that, you know, now we're both ready to walk. And so that may be also the mutual upbuilding that occurs in that moment as mm-hmm. well, having a brother or sister back to where they need to be. Absolutely. So, which is an encouraging thing. Yeah. I know you had uh, another passage you wanted to jump to kind of close this out, but two questions that just kind of rolled through my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll hit this one first. Um, for the person who's listening to this, you know, they, um, See that, you know, we're, we're commanded to encourage one another. Not only are we just commanded, it's also for everyone's good, you know, mm-hmm. like it's going to be good for them. They're mutual, uh, building them up in Christ, encouraging one another, but also there's some form of watering to my own soul that comes to it and the glory of God amidst it all. Absolutely. And the work of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. How do we encourage one another? Yeah, there's some real practical ways, I think. Um, first, presence. Mm. I think and that's when we struggle with culturally, mm-hmm. but just presence can be an encouragement. Um, especially for us introverts, that can be both taxing and a blessing, mm-hmm. you know, depending on how large of a crowd we're talking. But, um, but I think just presence being there with somebody, um, and we've talked about Job's friends in the past and mm-hmm. they didn't do the greatest job being present. Mm-hmm. Some of them did. They started off well, but they kind of went sideways. But I think so being present, I think is one way to be an encouragement. Um, the other, obviously, especially culturally, a text or a phone call, coffee, meal, don't have to spend a lot of money and walk in a park, you know, go to the driving range, do something mm-hmm. like just spend some time with them. Um, most men typically, I need to be careful with this, but we typically do better side by side talking. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, encouragement comes, uh, better when we're doing something together. So for chopping wood or going, I don't know, I don't want to go too far down a rabbit trail, but just finding some ways to just 
sidetrack enough mm-hmm. to where your mind begins to allow what's going on inside of your head to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for us, that'd be beneficial notes, cards, texts, phone calls. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so many different ways that this, this plays out. Um, and I, I don't want to harp on this one at all, except like the gathering of the saints mm-hmm. is, it can be a real encouragement. Um, lifting one another up with spiritual hymns and songs yes. and all of that. Yep. There's something that happens mm-hmm. uh, when the body of Christ gets together in that way and worships and then responds. There's just, I mean, that's the presence of the Lord in that moment. And uh, it's good to hear my brothers and sisters sing a song with me about Absolutely. the glorification of God. So uh, those are just quick thoughts. What do you have? Yeah. I mean, even, even just with what you just said, like sometimes I, and it, it might look funny, I don't know, but doesn't matter in that moment sometimes i don't sing and i just listen Mm -hmm. um because i mean there's moments i need other people to sing for me Mm -hmm. or i need people's voices to carry me to christ and so maybe you know not that we all if we all did that be a little quiet be a little quiet (laughs) quiet's not bad but um just i do that sometimes I i just i listen to my brothers and sisters sing to the lord and there's been some moments of that that are just immensely encouraging. Um, and also just, I, you know, I mentioned I kind of had two questions that rode through my mind, especially, especially with what you said about uh, presence with one another, um, that that, one, that one's hard in our culture. Mm-hmm. Like we struggle to be present with one another, whether it's because of our busyness, uh, the fact that we are kind of in a rush or in a hurry a lot of the time or we're spending time on our phones or whatever it may be that's distracting us from being present with one another. Um, and also with the idea of Paul knowing what and when to encourage the Thessalonians with the building up, like you don't want to bring uh, a piece preemptively that's not ready to be there yet. So I guess what I'm trying to say is what role does listening to one another play in our ability to encourage one another? Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> open-ended questions and guided questions that draw out of the heart of the individual is really a skill, and it's a skill we need to grow in. Um, I think certain generations do better than other other generations, even. Mm. Um, and I think that we're seeing a lack of that. Um, that is, that's a desperate. People are in desperation to be asked how mm-hmm. you know uh, what's going on. How can I be praying for you? Is a question I'll start because it's kind of like. If they're going to share, they'll be share maybe some things that are going on that I can be praying for. Then that I can sure. jump off of that and say, you know, is there any other thing that we can do? Or how does that make you feel? What's going on and in regards to your heart in this situation? Um, what are your thoughts? Um, so I think there's a lot of leading questions that we need to be thinking about. And then when we ask them, just listen, mm-hmm. you know, and I'll even say, so I think I hear you saying this. Is that really what's happening right mm-hmm. now? Um, just to repeat it back to make sure that they understand I am listening. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's a really good question. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think I think it's super important. Um, I would echo everything you said. Um, and it, the one of the Proverbs that came to mind, I, I can't remember the reference for it, but the heart is a deep well, yep. and a man of understanding will draw it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could be mixing two verses that are saying the mm-hmm. same thing, but um, like asking those open-ended questions and then giving a person time to speak, um, to know what kind of encouragement they need. Um, and even just like you said, asking the question, I hear you saying this, is that right? That can be encouraging to someone cause you care. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned before, just being thought of, can be uplifting to one another. 
Um, so definitely, I think listening plays a, a big role because we need to know how and when and what and, and encouragement and all of it. It brings that discernment. Like mm-hmm. I can't discern how to help you or how to even pray for you or what to speak to you unless I understand where you're at, where mm-hmm. your heart is at, where your mind's at and what you've been through. And that whole narrative piece, I think, um, yeah, just to unlock opportunity for us to share our narratives, like what, what we're going through in the moment. So then we can actually dive into, uh, the consequences of that or, you know, what's happening because of that. Um, I think giving our time, ourselves time and space to do that's important. And I think we have to create it. There's been a lot of conviction about, uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago when we did the one podcast, but just thinking about the things that interrupt or that sidetrack us from being fully present. And, um, I'm finding at least with my life, like Tuesdays is a sermon day, Monday, Tuesday is, and I put the deadline on it thinking I'm going to preach it Wednesday. That way I'm kind of forced because I'm a last minute kind of guy. Uh, but then trying to open up some of my schedule to say, Hey, you know, if somebody stops by on a Wednesday at one and just wants to chat, great, you know, let's, let's talk or whatever. Um, making sure that we create that space to to mm-hmm. do that kind of thing. Poor Christina. And this isn't to boast on myself at all. It's, I've been praying a lot. Like God, give me the moments to do this. But I was at Walmart the other day, uh, in the fishing aisle because Christina was shopping for food. I got permission first, just put that out there. Uh, just making sure if she needed any other help, I wanted to help her, but she said, no, I'll find you when I'm done. So I found myself over there chatting with a couple guys, um, and just having a good conversation about life and, and what's happening in the economy, that kind of stuff. And just as I was getting ready to ask, you know, a leading question about faith, it's like the enemy comes in and disrupts the whole thing and off the person goes. And, uh, but I, I wanted to, I guess, be more present in that, even mm. that moment of mm-hmm. shopping of like, Lord, this person's in this aisle, maybe for a reason even, mm-hmm. um, and discerning, you know, do they need a word of encouragement? What's, what do they look like as far as their demeanor? Mm-hmm. They look happy, sad, discouraged, you know, where are they at? And I think we do a poor job of reading people. Mm-hmm. And so we need to just maybe learn that skill again. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've become so accustomed to text messages and things like that, that we don't know how to read people. And I think the other thing with that is we don't know how to express. Like, I don't think people understand. Like I have a horrible driving face. <laughs> I look I've experienced yeah. it. I've driven past you. you and honked or waved yeah. and I've ignored you. Yeah. Um, and so just being more aware of even that has been kind of a conviction of mine. Like, what, how am I expressing myself towards mm. people? What are they reading from me in this moment? Am I sure. being honest with my reactions and expressions? So I don't want to hijack this anymore. Any oh, other thoughts good. you have? Yeah. I mean, you, you talked about, uh, presence again and just being a listening ear, even to those, um, guys that were in the fishing aisle. And I, I can think about times where, uh, friends that I have that are somewhat hostile towards Christianity, my, my effort to just be present with them right completely mm-hmm. disarms them yep and it it's nothing i'm doing like it's i mean it is like i'm choosing to do that but it's like god is at work in the midst of that like it somehow is disarming because people feel loved mm-hmm. and they're not going to attack when they feel loved yep and our i think our first thing in a situation like that is to like speak truth very loudly mm. when people just want you to be present like you said before, people just people want a soul level deep conversation. Mm-hmm. And the amount of people I talk to that say, like, I don't have this with anyone. 
you know, people are craving it. Like they're, mm-hmm. and people that you wouldn't expect to have these conversations, but they're like, like it's been 20 minutes. Like, why'd you do this to me type of thing? And it's, it's really just being present, asking, like you said, open-ended questions and, and being with them for the long haul in that listening. I think authenticity has to play a huge role in this mm-hmm. as we're talking where I'm thinking about like, I'm not going to be open and honest with somebody that I feel is really fake right, or just has some ulterior motive or something. And so I'll be more, more prone to share some deeper things in my heart or life. Mm-hmm. If I feel like the person's trustworthy and authentic themselves. Right. Um, and Which so takes time. It does. It does yeah. take time. I mean, Christine actually mentioned, Hey, you got his name and you know where you li- he lives. It's an older gentleman. He's probably in his seventies. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should you know stop by his house and look at his boat you know, and have a conversation with him and right. take him out to breakfast. I'm like, well, you know, that's a big that's a leap, idea. but it's a good yeah. idea. Yeah. You know? I drove by the house the other day cause he said, look at the boat while you're driving by and I took a look at it and I'll be probably stopping in knocking on the door and getting some advice from him. Uh, who can always use some fishing secrets anyhow. Mm-hmm. So for sure, we'll see where that conversation goes, but, um, kind of, is it, is it cool if I go to, uh, Acts nine? Absolutely. Um, I've been thinking while we're having this conversation before this, we talked about um, Barnabas, of course, um, being an encourager. And uh, just real quick, because we're kind of pushing on time here, but um, this is Acts 9 is when Saul kind of transitions into becoming Paul, right? From the the, uh, persecutor to the saved individual. And a lot of people didn't really want to be around him um, as far as Christians go because he had been, he may have murdered their uncle or father or wife or we don't know. So people would avoid him uh, big time in this transition period, especially. Uh, And uh, up steps Barnabas to kind of uh, be the encourager in this moment. In verse 26, it says, And when he had come to Jerusalem, that being Saul, he attempted to join the disciples. <laughs> you imagine that tension? Like, yeah. no, you're not one of us. You're, right. you're, you're trying to infiltrate us to kill us. Like, what's happening here? And they were all afraid of him, for they did not believe that he was a disciple. Mm. But Barnabas. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared to them how on the road he had seen the Lord who had spoken to him and how to and how at Damascus he had been I'm sorry. And how at Damascus he had preached boldly in the name of Jesus. So he went in and out among them at Jerusalem, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. And he spoke and disputed against the Hellenists, but they were seeking to kill him. And when the brothers learned this, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. And so had not Barnabas stepped in as the encourager in that moment, I'm I'm sure God had done something else to make it happen in Mm -hmm. his sovereignty, uh, but he chose to use an encourager uh, to bridge the gap between Saul and the other disciples and Saul and even the church in the region. So much so uh, because Barnabas was willing to put himself in the line of fire in that moment as the encourager um, that the, the region... Here's the gospel through someone who had a radical uh, transformation in their life. So, um, mm-hmm. anything jump out to you in that? Or yeah, I mean that what what Barnabas even put on the line mm-hmm. to encourage, right? Potentially, potentially um, <laughs> the disciples outcasting him or giving him the stiff arm as they did Paul, right? You know, and Barnabas is like, no, 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 hey guys, like I I've witnessed this man. I, I saw him. Uh, I know of his testimony of how he'd seen the Lord and how at Damascus he preached boldly in the name of Jesus. Like he came and I love the, the words that are used uh, in verse 27, but Barnabas took him and brought him Mm -hmm. like, there's this 
Like he's taking ownership of this situation. He has good standing with disciples and he has good standing with Paul. And he's like, no, 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 he's the real deal. He is a disciple. And just what he puts on the line for that is encouraging. Yeah. We're called to be bridges sometimes Mm -hmm. as encouragers. Absolutely. Um, So yeah. Any closing thoughts? Yeah. Just, just one, uh, simple one, I believe simple in thought, difficult to do at times, but if there are situations around you where, you know, people are in need of encouragement, just lean in, lean in, ask the good questions, listen well, and walk alongside one another as we bear with one another in love. Let it be so. Mm -hmm. God bless. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. We hope you enjoyed the conversation today. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please feel free to reach out to us, as well as any topics you would like us to consider in the weeks to come. We encourage you to continue to seek first the kingdom of God where you work, live, and play. Blessings. Blessings.